Hey, I'm Jesse. Let's have a devotion. We're in Ezra chapter 10. Let's begin in verse 5. Then Ezra got up and made the leading priests, Levites, and all Israel take an oath to do what had been said. So they took the oath. Ezra then went from the house of God and walked to the chamber of Jehohanan, son of Eliashib, where he spent the night. He did not eat food or drink water because he was mourning over the unfaithfulness of the exiles. So at the very beginning, got up. <clears throat> this is the second time we've seen him get up in just a few verses and a couple of devotions. He was, I mean, probably knocked flat on his back uh, by the news of this widespread uh, sin of idolatry and intermarriage. Um, and then he gets up because it's time for the offering. And then he gets back down on his knees and he's lifting his hands up before God. And now he's gotten back up again. So when it says that he got up, that's not insignificant. And he, uh, he made the leading priests. All right, so this is forceful leadership. He knows what's got to be done. This is not up for a vote. We're not going to be democratic. Uh, we're not even going to ask for feedback take your 360 review and stuff it. I'm telling you what God said. All right. No, uh, now notice as well that he's making the leading priests. So he's starting from the top down. And so this mass repentance is going to begin with the boss's boss's boss. All right. Uh, hierarchically, he's beginning at the top. That reform is going to begin at the top. And so he, he ranked these, uh, ranked these priests and judges and officials, uh, hierarchically, and he began at the top of the food chain and then worked his way down. Um, so the priests, the Levites, and all Israel. So you can see how it moves hierarchically down just in a few words. Ezra's at the top of the food chain here uh, in terms of human leadership. Okay, God's really the, the, the chief shepherd here. Ezra is his representative here. We also have some prophets who were present for this, uh, but they're not named um, and so they're not, you can't weigh in, you can't speculate as to what uh, Haggai, for example, might've said um, about this massed force uh, divorce. But it goes from Ezra to the leading priests, which suggests then the subordinate priests, you know, these are Levites, part of that tribe, and then all of Israel. And they take an oath. Uh, we're not gonna delve into it. I've already covered it in Nehemiah 10 uh, in our first Revival Project series, but this is, this is a similar oath that the people take, where uh, they, they stipulate details um, and these, uh, th these specific commitments of what they're going to give, right, and uh, how they're going to give it and when it's going to be given. And they make this, this vow before the Lord, and this carries with it significance, okay? We've talked about oaths already, um, but this is literally a biblical, a biblical oath because it's an oath that's in the Bible, uh, so they took the oath. So in just one verse, we see a pretty, you can tell, you can tell there's a lot of logistical details packed into one single verse. You can imagine uh, going from the top down, everybody taking an oath. There, there's a lot of time that goes by in, in the course of this, the implementation of this one verse. And so he is fasting. He did not eat food or drink water because he was in mourning over the unfaithfulness of the, of the exiles. So uh, Ezra continues to grieve. And I think he's also at this point grieving 
what he's got to do. Uh, I think he's grieving the process. He's mourning their unfaithfulness. And now look at all the work that needs to be done. Look at, uh, look at how many difficult conversations have to be carried out, uh, how much devastation is being caused in the name of repentance from sin. And it's worthwhile in Ezra's eyes. He is, he is being forceful about this because this is what Shechaniah proposed. Ezra agrees to it. He's deeply stricken in grief over the corporate sin of Israel. And uh, now he's got, to, he's got to wade through an ocean of pain and lead a lot of families through an ocean of pain to get to the other side where they can now corporately find themselves in conjunction with the law of God. I don't know what your repentance will cost you, uh, but I know that holiness is worth it. Would you consider for a moment if you've been carrying out a dishonest business practice, you've been skimming on the on the expense account at work, or, or you've been cheating a little bit on your taxes and all of these things, would you prayerfully consider this? This may, be, this may be your turn to implement what Ezra is implementing here. It begins with the top down, looking at you dads, spiritual leaders of your family. If your sin has, is going to cost you something to repent from, it's always going to be worth it. It's always going to be worth it, especially as a church, as we're rallying around a building campaign. Man, please, don't give dirty money to God. <laughs> All right, go before the Lord. Trust his provision. Your integrity is worth it. Holiness matters. Uh, do whatever you have to. If your repentance from sin is going to come, is going to cost you your smartphone to the glory of God, downgrade to a dumb phone. I hear their batteries last, last forever. All right, I remember my old Nokia thing I had in 2001. Wow, yeah, I, I would just forget to charge it for days at a time. And it had Snake on it, which is probably cooler than other games you can play on smartphones today anyway. So, man, if it's going to cost you a smartphone, if it's going to cost you a relationship right now, if it's going to cost you status, um, it's worth it. It's worth it. It's worth it. It's worth it. So in light of the Revival Project, in light of the fact that we've already biblically established this, the Revival begins in the hearts of the people of God. Let's invite people into the gospel that calls for repentance of sin. And let's have total integrity when we do that, repenting first of our own sin. All right, costly repentance is always worth it, my friends. I'll see you tomorrow.